0: Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Valerie Borgman, and I'm really excited to welcome back Jonathan Gerson. You may remember Jonathan from our Doable Tip episode on Alzheimer's and communication, and the brain. (laughs) Here's a quick look back.
1: Really, every time you meet with them is different. Even with my partner Ernesto, you know, we'd say, we're going to the opera tonight, and he'd just forget, you know, like what an, he forgot what an opera was, and he was an opera executive.
0: Today, Jonathan is sharing his caregiving journey as he cared for his husband for six years through cancer, then Alzheimer's. It was a unique perspective for Jonathan, having spent over 23 years working with Alzheimer's patients through his therapy practice. A difficult journey, even when you have all the training. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you like today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest.
1: When you really, when you really get into the crux of taking care of someone like I did with my partner for six years, it's a gradual process of really learning how to just be with them where they're at and that's a that's a, a tremendous challenge because we have all this stuff in our brain that says you know this is the man i married this is the woman i married you know all these things that that don't are kind of fighting the reality of it i was always was compassionate with him i was always thinking about that and your your love for your partner will endure it does it does stay i was still very close to my partner you know even though he got very seriously sick but there was still that camaraderie that kind of us against the world there was still the marriage we had and that that doesn't die and if you can if you can always focus on us as a couple getting through a difficult time it's much better than you know i'm getting tired of this i'm sick of this i i i the negative stuff makes me feel like hey i I can't handle this, but when you say, Look, we're going through this together, it's like a different attitude, and that really saved me in taking care of him for six years
0: wow yeah that's that's very much I think a carer attitude to you have to kind of look outside of yourself right, right. What were some of the other things sort of the other tools that you implemented
1: I used the care process for my partner as a meditation. Like I didn't, I ended up not doing meditation. I saw taking care of him as meditation.
0: Oh, wow. What did that look like?
1: Well, it's like if he, he's getting uh, restless, very upset, you just kind of let him say what he needs to say, take a deep breath, let it out and just regroup. You know, and like now, okay, it's time for lunch. Just to keep a clear mind, use awareness through the frustrating parts of it.
0: So, actually, being in that moment and allowing that moment
1: to be right, right. Let the moment unfold instead of having all these preset feelings. Like you know, I got I got a meeting. I got to get out of here. You know, it's like we're always putting our time constraints on things. Now, I was lucky. I was able to pretty much see my Alzheimer's patients and then work with my partner. So. I wasn't really working that much. I'd consult with someone for an hour and I'd be back for most of the day with my partner. Now, luckily, my partner had pretty strong retirement income, so I could afford not to work that much when I took care of him, so we could still financially make it. Finances play a factor. You need to mm-hmm. have the money to hire people when you need to, and, but self-care is paramount. Oh my
0: gosh, yes.
1: Self-care is so important so important. Get a massage, take a steam bath, just do things for yourself because that stress is a real killer. Boy, I think there is a statistic like 40% of dementia patients, caregivers die before the, the dementia patient.
0: Yeah. We've actually, we've been doing a lot on self-care and yes, it it is more stressful to take care of someone who has Alzheimer's and dementia than someone who has other physical ailments. Yeah, 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 and so yeah, absolutely, it is so tough. How long did you take care of your partner?
1: Well, let's see. He was he got diagnosed with cancer in 2015, and it seemed like the chemotherapy and the radiation and the surgery and the anesthesia really affected his memory. He just went really downhill right after that. So. Really, for six years, he died in two thousand twenty-one. It was it was manageable at first, but it it got really bad. I mean, I would say for about three or four years, it was really tough. I mean, it was it was definitely it was an ordeal. (laughs) It was really an ordeal.
0: Did you hire people in to help
1: later towards the end? The last couple of years, I hired. He wanted to stay in the home, so so I hired people to come into the home. It was just kind of amazing with COVID. It was kind of interesting the way, you know, because I couldn't work. All my Alzheimer's patients, I couldn't see them. So I was basically at home with him all the time, which is a blessing in a way. So it kind of coincided that when it got really bad, I was at home pretty much. So I didn't have to hire that much. I just hired home care when I had to go shopping or had to go do some stuff. So I had a pretty good routine. This is about three years before he died. I'd see like a client in the morning for an hour, a client in the afternoon for an hour, and then I'd hire home care at that time.
0: There was no risk of him leaving the house.
1: No, he wasn't an elopement risk. So he never was alone. He always had someone there.
0: I think a lot of families during COVID actually took their family members out of senior living communities. Yes, I heard that. (laughs) Because they were working from home now and they had the ability to
1: be home with their loved ones. Well, we'll be we'll be writing about this COVID period for a long time. We're still I think we're still not sure what it's done to us, you know, as a society, as a world.
0: Yeah, I absolutely
1: agree. We're still on, you know, we're still kind of dealing with it. You know, everyone's telling me to write a book about Alzheimer's and I'm like, I'm dealing with it. I'm in the trenches. I mean, I'm I'm living it. Maybe now I can start to reflect on, you know, the lessons.
0: With your experience with your husband, did you see a difference in you as a caregiver going from pre-COVID to in the thick of COVID?
1: That's a good question. Yeah, there was an intensity to it that was not there before. You know, it's interesting. I'm, as, a, as a therapist or as a counselor, I'm very interested in routines. You know, people have routines and they get into healthy routines or unhealthy routines. I had a pretty good routine before COVID. You know, I was working pretty, pretty, uh, working a lot and I had a pretty good routine, even though he had Alzheimer's. Then with COVID, that routine got disrupted. You know, like I couldn't go to the gym like I used to, which was a big stress reducer. So that was a problem. Couldn't take him anywhere. Used to be we'd go out to dinner and he I couldn't go to dinner with him. Then slowly things got worse because then he like forgot how to eat. That became more difficult. Yeah.
0: I guess that would be the other question is, did you notice a difference in him then not being able to go out?
1: You know, that, that is interesting. It didn't bother him. It didn't matter. At a certain point, it didn't matter. It, early, early in his illness, it mattered. He was, he'd say, let's go out. Now the panicky, I got to get out of here was part of this internal fear like he was always saying, I got to get, I got to go back to New York. He was from New York. He lived in New York. He'd always say, I got to go back to New York. He'd have these kind of panicky moments. Like I got to get back to the opera, you know, where I work. And that was really hard. He had about five things he would say automatically. He wanted to drive his car, which was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was like, I had to get rid of his car. I I mean, I must've told them for three years, it's in the shop.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. I was just going to say, how do you handle those moments when they're having that anxiety? And that's where you have to get creative. (laughs) Oh God,
1: that's where, that's where, what I mean, you have to stay calm, you know, the awareness Then when they're panicking, you don't panic that that's hard. That's probably the hardest part of Alzheimer's care is when they are panicking and it's very unclear what's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, I think that is really hard.
1: You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Those moments that are uncomfortable, you still have to function and think clearly. And I think taking care of Ernesto, my partner, taught me how to stay calm, which is kind of interesting. I think I'm a, I'm a better therapist now because I deal with stress well, uh, which is a kind of universal problem. I mean, Everyone's stressed out, you know, everyone's depressed right now. Yeah,
0: and that that kind of ties back into what you were saying that we just don't even know what COVID did to exactly.
1: us. Exactly. <laughs> we're dealing with it. We're still dealing with it. Yeah.
0: What did your reminiscing look like with Ernesto?
1: Well, we did a lot with opera, a lot of music. He was an expert on music, so it was actually quite fun because we would play a lot of a lot of music. He was an uh, executive, so he knew a lot of people in the industry. So One thing I did, which I'm very proud of, is I always had a dinner party for him every month for his friends from the opera.
0: Oh, wow. That went
1: on for a long time. So he'd always have that to look forward to. So he was very social.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love that you did that because I think a lot of family members get to a point where they're afraid to include that outside group of friends.
1: Right, right. Did
0: you prepare his friends?
1: Yes. I would tell them how he was doing. but they. They knew it. And the ones I we kind of had regulars that would come over, so they, they knew what was going on, but it was, it was interesting. People, I think people are very compassionate. I mean, they were definitely understanding, but at a certain point, I, we had to discontinue it because he couldn't really eat anymore.
0: It got to be too but much.
1: Yeah. It was sad. It was, that, it was, it became too much. He couldn't sit still anymore. And then he was eating with his hands. <laughs> that was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> you know the bottom line is, I think I did about as good a job as anyone could have done with him, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's no matter what you do, it's a tragic illness.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: You know, with the way people are living longer and people are healthier, dementia is, it will probably be the number one health expense for the country. The cost of taking care of dementia patients is going to be the number one all-consuming cost. the healthcare system.
0: Well, you know, I hope insurance companies start covering it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yes.
0: I hope it does because right now it's a very big family expense.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Well, hopefully we'll see some legislation that helps families out. I'm working with some clients now that are, they're trying to get qualified so they can get paid for their work from the state, you know, for taking care of someone. So that's a little tricky. Because uh, I was told that since I was married to my partner, I didn't qualify. They told me to get divorced.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) Terrible. I wouldn't do it.
0: Isn't that awful? Yes. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming back on the show and sharing your story. What would you say would be your number one doable tip for families or advice for families that are in this similar situation?
1: I guess my advice, my advice would be twofold practice patience and compassion. And when, when it was really bad with my partner, I always said it's tough for me, but it's harder for him. You know, it's harder for him.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by licensed mental health counselor, Jonathan Gerson. Jonathan has been working with Alzheimer's patients for 23 years. His dream REM method focuses on past achievements to foster a sense of self-esteem, healthy connections, and purpose, working with both the family as well as those suffering from Alzheimer's. Learn more about Jonathan in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest have questions or your own tips to share, leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.